We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in. Brian Mazeroski here with you uh, for another morning on WBEN. Thanks for being with me. You know, uh, we've had a lot of very, uh, you know, big VIP guests this morning. Mayor of Buffalo. Uh, Congressman Brian Higgins, Governor Kathy Hochul all joined WBEN this morning. And uh, we keep it rolling with the best one of all. Joining me on the line for the second year in a row, Megabyte Ronnie Hartman, who will compete in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest once again. Ronnie uh, thank you so much for coming on. I saw your name on the list for the contest on Coney Island every year, uh, July 4th celebration. I, uh, What are you doing right now? How are you prepping for the big weekend? I, uh, You know, I'm not doing too much abnormally. I, I just got out of the gym. Uh, I'm drinking a lot of water nowadays to try and keep my stomach stretched out, eating a lot of fruit and vegetables, and uh, – yeah, just trying to uh, take it easy and get ready for the fourth. All right, so give us the recap. We talked with you around this time last year um, and, and, you know, uh, went through some of the process. What happened last Fourth of July? It was a little bit of a different, you know, it wasn't at the normal site on Coney Island, different field to the hot dog eating contest. How did you do? How do you think your day went? And, and what's going to change this year? Yeah, I, um, I I didn't do as hot as I wanted to last year. I had a I actually had a uh, a bad count. My counter in front of me told me I was at 37 hot dogs when I was really at uh, about 27. So uh, that kind of that kind of stunk. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed being in the ballpark. Actually, uh, I didn't I didn't think going into it that I was going to enjoy being in the ballpark. But the ballpark atmosphere was really rocking. The fans were doing the wave. They were loud. You know the the crowd noise was really amplified in there. I uh, I enjoyed it a lot more last year than what I thought I would. How do you have a bad counter? I mean, do you take that straight up to the Nathan's commissioner? He's got one job. How do you not keep track? I I don't know. I don't know what happened. I still think that I ate somewhere around thirty two hot dogs, and a plate was taken away from me. Um, so I'm just hoping I can get back this year and and prove that I ate more than twenty seven last year. Oh, I'm uh, I'm hoping the same. All right, so you're back at it this year. It, it, is Joey Chestnut still the guy? Is he still you know number one? I mean, how how much more can he shove into that mouth? Well, I mean, we got to start wondering: Is Joey Chestnut the goat of all the goats? So, I mean, this guy has won what twelve, thirteen Nathan's championships. Uh, he's been number one for thirteen years. Now, 
Um, Jeff Esper, who is number two in the world, he is actually undefeated this year. He hasn't lost to Joey Chestnut all year. <laughs> but the thing is, is that while Jeff Esper can beat him at other contests, Joey Chestnut is untouchable at hot dogs. So if I was placing a bet, it would f- for sure be for Joey this year. If I could be known as you know one thing when I was growing up, you know, what do you want to be when you grow untouchable at hot dogs? That would be at the top of the list, I think, and that's Joey Chestnut. Some are asking if he's washed up, though, if his best years are behind him. What do you think? Um, that's that's a good question. I don't I don't know. I, I forgot what his record is at. I want to say it's at 78, 77, 79, somewhere in that ballpark. I wouldn't expect him to hit that this year, especially since he hasn't been doing a lot of contests. Um, I think he had to pull out of some contests a couple of months ago because he was sick. But uh, I still think Joey's going to be Joey. He's going he's gonna to show up for the fourth like he does every year. You're eating Nathan's hot dogs here. How does that differ from like a Salins or a Zwaggles or some of the other hot dogs? Now, when I have a Nathan's hot dog, I like to cook it differently than just about every other one. Sometimes I cook Zwaggles this way. I split it open. I like to cook it on a frying pan with a little bit of grease or butter or something like that. Oh. And that, to me, that's like on a on a nice like uh, toasted buttered roll or even like a piece of potato bread that I, I slap on the pan after. That is like, that's how you get a Nathan's uh, taste him real good. How different is it from some of the other ones when it comes to competitive eating? And how different is it when it just comes to enjoying a hot dog? I'm going to have to come over next time you cook it up some Nathan's because that sounded pretty good. I don't think I have enough for you. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot different when you're when you're ducking the bun in water and you don't really have any toppings. So um, I like to say every year when I start getting ready for this contest, the first five Nathan's hot dogs that I have are probably my favorite hot dogs of the year. But uh, after that, you know, when you're just when you're dipping in dipping the bun in water and and just eating the meat, it's not a it's not the greatest tasting thing in the world. Now the the contest hot dog is the Nathan's natural casing hot dog, which actually is very similar to the Salem's hot dog. I'm a big fan of Salem's. If I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to have a grill out, I'm going to be eating Salem's. Um, so it's, it's very similar. I would say Salem's are a little bit tougher to chew and get down than the Nathan's uh, natural casing, but they're, they're a very similar dogs. Is it going to be hot there? I mean, I feel like a lot of years, July 4th, out there on Coney Island, it gets really hot. How does the heat, you know, like stop you from doing your job? I I sure hope so, to be honest with you, because, I mean, I just did a qualifier down in Washington, D.C. last weekend, and it was about 90 degrees for that one. I I do think it's supposed to be pretty hot on the 4th of July, but, I mean – you know, I, I grew up down south, and I, I did a deployment in Afghanistan, so I like to think the uh, the tougher the conditions, the better for me. So I, I hope it's blistering hot out there. You're a fit guy. I mean, we talked about this last year. No one is looking at you saying there goes a competitive eater necessarily. Does that, like, separate you from everywhere, everyone else where if it's really hot, you know, some of the bigger guys, uh, some of the guys who aren't as in, uh, you know, such good of a shape as you, might be a little winded easier in the heat than you are? Believe it or not, you know, we actually have, like, a lot of uh, pretty good athletes. I think we have two or three bodybuilders out there. Uh, we got, like, a, a CrossFit triathlon athlete out there. So 
I, I'm not sure if it if it benefits me a lot physically. I just think mentally, uh, maybe it gives me a little bit of advantage. I'm hoping you can give us some tips. You know, not for competitive eating. I don't want to see anybody out there July Fourth weekend eating hot dogs the way that you do. No offense, but no. Uh, at a at a backyard party, it's <laughs> it's not very becoming. Um, but for somebody whose goal it is to casually crush as many hot dogs as possible, right? You know, I'm, I'm not talking shoving them, you know, uh, two at a time down there, but you're sitting back, you grab one, you eat it in about five bites or something like that with the bun and everything, and then you go for another, and then you go for another, and then eventually you're reaching the point where it's like, all right, how many hot dogs can I eat? at one fourth of July party. What's the tip for a regular Joe to casually eat as many hot dogs as possible? I would, I would say, uh, if you're going to be going over to like a barbecue or grill out, probably, you know, three, four, 5 PM. The, the best thing you can do is when you wake up, just, just skip breakfast, try to sip on some Gatorade, try to sip on some coffee. So you have some calories in you for energy. And then, uh, if you skip breakfast, your stomach should be, uh, pretty emptied out, and that's probably that's probably going to be the best way. I would the the night before I would eat as big of a dinner as you can, and I should stretch that stomach out and allow you to pound as many dogs as you can at the, the old barbecue get together. All right, I'll keep that in mind. I'm uh, I'm prepping for this upcoming weekend. I'm kind of looking forward to it too. How can people uh, cheer you on and best root you on? I, I know that uh, there are some people locally who are heading down to Coney. I mean, there always are. Uh, but who are going to be at the hot dog eating contest, whether you're there or you're at home, what's the best way to like send your support? Yeah. If you want to, if you want to follow me on anything, I'm more active on Twitter at megabyte Ronnie. That's uh bite with B Y T E. I'm also on YouTube at megabyte Ronnie. Uh, and then if you really want to get into the contest, you can head over and follow train wreck sports. They're going to be down there at Coney Island uh, covering the contest, and they did a real good job last year, so make sure you check those guys out too. You've got, like, one of the most unique looks. You had this whole head of hair, but did I see – did you get a haircut recently? Well, funny story. Uh, I, my, my wife joined the Army, and we're up there at Fort Drum now, and I, I went for a haircut when we first got here, and I don't think the person understood that I wasn't in the military, and they cut off all my hair, so I <laughs> – yeah, now I don't have blonde hair anymore, and uh, yeah, so I would be be a little bit different this year. So you went to the military barber, you asked for a haircut, and they know one haircut. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I went went to the wrong place. That's like my. Uh, that's when people would come to me. I have a pair of clippers. I give people a haircut. I said I know two haircuts: buzz cuts and hack jobs. So you pick one. I hopefully you got the buzz cut, not the hack job. I, I did get the buzz cut, but I tell you this, I don't get a haircut but we come in Buffalo. <laughs> we come into Buffalo probably about once a month, and that's when I get my hair cut. Well, maybe it was the hair uh, that was weighing you down last year, and now it's like uh, fresh cut Megabyte Ronnie. He's going to take the world by storm. Could be. New Year, new me, you know. I like it. Hey, Ronnie, appreciate it, as always, and good luck. This weekend, going to love watching you compete out there. That is Megabyte, Ronnie Hartman, joining us live. He'll be competing in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, which is, of course, every single year, 4th of July. One of of my favorite events to watch during the summer. Not much, you know, there's not much competition out there. 
for big-time sporting events during the summer to watch. I, I mean, that's the one. You got baseball going on. Sure, that's nice. But, I mean, when it comes to it, football season's done. Hockey finally done. Hockey almost crashed into the hot dog eating contest. That should never happen, by the way. Uh, But you got it. It's people eating hot dogs, and there's your guy to root for, Ronnie Hartman, who uh, is hopefully going to do Buffalo proud and uh, crush. Some are saying, some are saying Joey Chestnut is washed up. I'm not saying. I just, I hear the chatter on the streets. That's what some people uh, have said before. Doesn't have it anymore. Getting a little washed up. His time is done. Time for somebody new. Let's hope Ronnie can be that guy. Don't look out for the hair anymore. He accidentally went to a military barber. <laughs> Love that story. But uh, thanks to Ronnie for coming on and looking forward to cheering him on over the 4th of July. Are you, uh, some, I have like, I feel like you love it or hate it. The hot dog eating contest. We're getting both of those comments on the text board. 803-0930 to join me at any point during the morning here. 803-0930. You have one of two sides. I feel like there's no more black and white issue than the hot dog eating contest. There are the people who uh, love to watch it, love the spectacle, think it's hilarious. They've got the uh, the yeller, the their MC at the Nathan Santog eating competition. You can't beat. Uh, and then you have the people who say it's the most disgusting thing they've ever seen. They don't want to watch. How could people do this? Like, it's gross. And I feel like you're either one or the other. There's not a lot of middle ground. It's everyone who watches it falls on one side of the thing. This is awesome. You get into it. You're cheering people on. History being made right before your eyes, or I can't believe we're doing this. This is an embarrassment. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the two things, and that's reflected in all your comments. It's you either love it, it's go Ronnie, or disgusting, disgusting. Uh, but he'll be taking on Joey and the gang on Fourth uh, Fourth of, of July. It's when the hot dog eating competition always happens. Looking forward to it. As uh, we mentioned, you know, Ronnie was just the latest in our list of VIP guests this morning. And we had a lot of them, a lot of topics to talk about. Congressman Brian Higgins, uh, the mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, all joined us. Competitive eater, Ronnie Hartman, you know, it's right in line with that list. Maybe not. More entertaining Talking about a different issue. But we talked about a number of things with the governor, with the mayor, with the congressman this morning. And now's your time to weigh in a little bit. There are a few big things happening in New York State. Uh, Right now, lawmakers are heading back to Albany for this special session of the legislature to talk about gun control measures uh, being presented by New York State. And uh, basically, I mean, there's quite a few of them in there. Some of them make uh, more sense than others Uh, when it comes to curtailing gun violence and the spread of guns, which is, if you listen to our interview with the governor, that's her ultimate goal. There are uh, safe storage laws now extending to inside of vehicles. 
Then there's also this law regarding private business all throughout the state that now they must state with a sign that you can conceal carry inside that business or else it's going to be considered a gun-free zone by the state of New York unless explicitly said otherwise by the business. So those are two of the big ones in Albany today. Then there's also what's happening here in Buffalo, the 33 Project, covering about a mile of the 33 Expressway, putting a lid on it, so to speak. Turns part of it into a tunnel, puts kind of like a a park, some greenery above it. We talked about this uh, with all three of those guests. And... I, you know, when talking about this with Congressman Higgins, I mean, I really think, and this is again where you can weigh in, 8030930. I think the prevailing opinion about this project is whatever. And that's up to you to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think most people are looking at this saying, Okay, that's nice. It'll look really nice. It will be much nicer to live in that area, in that neighborhood, when the project's done. Certainly, if I owned a home right outside the 33, it's going to uh, really enhance the value of that property because it's not going to be right next to an expressway anymore. It'll be right next to some green space. Everything will look a lot nicer Environmental impact, I'm sure there will be some, especially right in the middle of it, you'd have to imagine, although all that exhaust has to go somewhere eventually. But it'll be nice. It'll look nicer. However, all this talk about it making this humongous impact in that neighborhood and in Buffalo as a whole, I think is a little overblown. And I think that is kind of the prevailing thought. That it's good, but can we not pretend like it's going to solve all the problems we have in western New York by covering a mile of the 33? Not even a mile of the 33. So that's another one. And then we were, of course, also talking about the restrictions at the border. Congressman Higgins on that with, uh, you know, what he said. I think his words, bad Bad, bad. Canada extending their border restrictions, needing that Arrive Can app until at least September 30th, so the entire summer. We're going to go through without the lifting of those restrictions to get up north of the border. What do you think? 803-0930, your chance to weigh in here on WBEN. We'll uh, start up in, uh, where is this, Niagara Falls? I got my uh, call screener um, screen here. Doesn't let me show uh, the full thing. I'm going to guess Niagara Falls. Steve, is that you? That's me. Uh, Steve, uh, what's on your mind this morning after listening to what some of uh, your elected officials had to say? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to touch on uh, Byron Brown. Um, I don't understand his logic when he talks about covering the 33 because it seems to me that he's trying to create more of a ghetto for black people than, because he talked about gent, they don't want gentrification, which to me means that they don't want anybody who has a job. Well, let's be clear, Steve. This is not a city project at all. This is the state. I understand that. 
I, I understand, but it seems to me that he's talking about creating more of a ghetto mentality, which doesn't seem to me to create uh, a good growing environment, especially for youth. I, I mean, at least that's what I've seen in the news and constantly uh, reported. So, I mean, if I'm wrong, please somebody has to tell me where I'm wrong there. But that's not the reason I called. I called because our governor has lost a hysterical mind, and she refuses to use the word illegal, because if she did, she'd have to mention that she is, re- she is releasing criminals by the thousands, not hundreds, thousands into our society. And those are people who are using guns illegally, committing crimes with these guns, actually, and letting them back out on the street. And she's worried, and she's hysterical, literally hysterical, that the Supreme Court used the Constitution to give back us our rights to carry a firearm legally into uh, to protect ourselves legally. You see, Steve, I, I hate to say it, we're up against a break, but I do want to get to something in one of your points. She did mention criminal. She mentioned it yesterday. This is the clip of the governor. I played for the governor this morning. We have to do something about the unwillingness of the guns coming from other states into our streets and resulting in a lot of gun violence and gun deaths. So we have to figure out a way to start working together this is the, the criminals don't care about geographic boundaries, and therefore I don't either when it comes to stopping crimes. The criminals don't care about boundaries is what she said during that announcement yesterday, and this is what is planned for that special session today. The presumption in the state of New York after we sign this bill into law will be the presumption is that private property owners will not want to have concealed carry weapons on their premises. But should they decide they do, they would actually affirmatively put a sign in their window, a bar, a restaurant, gathering place, concealed carry weapons, welcome here. Otherwise, the presumption will be in the state of New York that they are not. So while admitting that criminals don't care about boundaries, we're setting more boundaries where we're assuming the wishes of private business. Now, this isn't to say that, you know, the these same logicals apply to all of what's being proposed in Albany. They don't. And um, we'll get to another after the break that I think is a very good idea and kind of goes along uh, the line of what I would consider a sensible gun control measure. But that part, uh, more restrictions on where guns can be carried, in the same breath as admitting that the criminals and the people that we're after who are committing these violent crimes with guns don't care about those restrictions or boundaries. It is pretty interesting. 803-0930, we'll get to your calls after the break. It's Brian Mazrowski on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Brian Mazeroski here with you until about 10 o'clock. Kind of a potpourri of... uh topics here of big things going on in western New York and across New York State that we talked about with some big guests this morning. I, potpourri. I mean, what's that? It's a topic for another day. But 803 is where you weigh in. Um, we are talking about the new gun laws set to be passed in New York. The 33, an opportunity for people to weigh in. And I want to uh, start here for this segment. The person who's been waiting longest on hold, Michelle, on the border restrictions being extended once again. Michelle, thanks for the call. I mean, what are you thinking on this? Are you surprised? September 30th. Yeah, I'm actually disgusted. (laughs) Um, Not okay whatsoever. Um, a, a little shocked, to say the least, that they did that, considering we have 68 countries that have ended all mandates, but we still have U.S. and uh, Canada that are keeping theirs. Right, do you think that part of the reason is that it's, you know, eventually, and listen, this is not to blame anyone who is speaking out against this uh, over the past two years, but, I mean, eventually you do kind of lose steam, uh, right? I mean, there's not as many protests on the border there's not as many people calling for uplifting the restrictions that are left. I mean, is that why they're still around? I don't believe so. There's still a lot of work um, behind the scenes that goes on with a lot of people. I mean, sure, there's not as many protests and things that are going on, but I still do think that there are a lot of people that are fighting for it. Um, personally, I think it's the governments are trying to keep control right they don't have as many people vaccinated as they wanted to and not to go down that path but um they're trying to hold it against them but unfortunately they're destroying many cross-border families and really our tourists our tourism is hurting terribly and and we heard a lot about that earlier michelle thank you for the call uh brian higgins uh speaking on that issue uh quite a bit Uh, and there's less far less people crossing the border because of this man you don't want to go through the hassle i'm one of them i haven't been to canada yet i don't don't want to go through the hassle for sure carl uh is in hamburg now he's on wben uh carl what do you think the 33 project is moving forward how fast i guess remains to be seen i i think that most people can kind of see the value in doing it but don't think it's going to make that much of a difference well, you know what? <clears throat> you have to start seeing through the the negative for the most part. I, I, as a contractor myself and a skilled tradesman myself, I really think it's a good idea. My, my only issue is where are we going to get the bodies to fill these positions? Because this is a huge undertaking. This is not something that one contractor is going to be able to handle. It has to be done with multiple contractors who are... Um, you know, 
very skilled in this type of uh, work. You're not just talking about paving a road and throwing a bunch of bodies on there and spreading tire and using machines. You're talking about encapsulating something, which in turn is going to have weight above it. And especially when you're going to put dirt and you're going to park and everything like that, the thing has to be done correctly. So I hope that our uh, public leaders will make sure that this is well-invested money through the state. And, of course, some of the money is coming from the federal government, okay? But for the most part, I just hope that our leaders uh, will make sure that we have enough working bodies. Now, if we're going to have to go out and kind of recruit bodies from outside, um, you know, you're going to have some pushback on that because then people are going to complain, well, there's enough not enough people in Buffalo, not enough people in this part of New York State. For sure, Carl, and uh, we heard a little bit about that from the mayor. i got to ask, are you in the construction industry? I'm, um, I'm in the skilled trades, which is heating and cooling, but when I was in the service, I was an operator of equipment, heavy equipment, so I do understand what, the, what they're going through, and I understand uh, you know, what's going to be happening here. Again, is value? I think it's going to have value. You know the old term, if they build it, they'll come. I think it's going to change the not just the economics of that area, but it's going to change the attitude of people. And you're going to get a different sort, a different uh, uh, group of people coming in. So you're going to start having a mix of people moving in to an area that's up and coming. It's going to uh, rise up out of the ashes, and that na- those neighborhoods over there are going to start rebuilding themselves just because the people have uh, a more sense of understanding of the value of living in neighborhoods like that. We're losing our neighborhoods, uh, you know, every day because of, well, roads like that and and poor infrastructure. If the money is spent properly, we're going to see some real good value down the road. Like like I said before, you build it, they come. Yeah, Carl, I hope you're right, and I think you will be right to an extent. But... I uh, one of my big things that I just cannot stand is how things are oversold. By and I always go back to this. I, I go back to two things. Both of them on the waterfront by Canal Side. I remember being told by state officials when they put the lights up on the grain silo on the other side of the Buffalo River that you can see from Canal Side that people from all over the world would come to Buffalo to see this light show. Now listen, it was a great idea. Slap some lights on there and make it look better. But don't sit here and tell me that people are going to come from Vancouver to Buffalo to sit there and look at those LED strips on the side of a piece of concrete. That's the only part that I'm... So I I think it will be really nice. I think it will have an impact. But I'm so... uh, I've been hit over the head for so many years of being oversold of the impact of something that I, I won't blame anybody for being suspicious of it. And kind of to your point, Carl, this project would happen alongside, I mean, if it is going to happen in a timely fashion, would happen alongside the stadium project, another huge construction project. Are there enough people to get the job done? I mean, that's definitely a concern to watch for, something we'll be talking about for uh, years, right? The next uh, few years. Al is in East Amherst. Al, uh, this 33 project... I mean, what do you think about it? Are you seeing the vision here? Are you seeing how this would kind of beautify the area, if it's even if it is only about a, a mile distance? 
No, I don't think it's going to do anything. I think it's going to divide more. It's not going to uh, help. There's a couple of projects that it should have been done prior to that. Uh, repaving and redoing the uh, Delavan Street, redoing Main Street all the way from downtown all the way up to uh, Amherst, um, getting on the NFTA to put the rail line they promised into the airport, and then they promised to put a, a rail line up to the uh, North Campus, which is a five-year five impact study. They're, they're wasting money on, on that. There are, there are things to do. In the county, uh, cleaning the streams, cleaning the, cro- the the creeks, cleaning the rivers, cleaning up, taking down dead trees, prepare for the winter. But covering the Kensington, it is not going to make a difference. You, you, the highways were put in, the neighborhoods developed around the highway. So I don't I don't see spending that kind of billions of dollars on a project that's not going to help. It's there are so many other projects in Buffalo that have to be done before that. And the, the thing with the um, uh, concealed weapon signs on buildings, I don't know if you remember, there was, a, there was a shooting in Texas or someplace about a sign on the theater that said no concealed weapons. So the perpetrator went in there with a gun and shot everybody in the theater. So you can't do that. You can't advertise. You, you can't advertise before the crime. Don't do that. It's, it's wrong. Al, thanks for the call. I think, you know, part of the problem, this was asked to the governor this morning, is that it puts kind of an unfair burden on businesses who don't want any part of this conversation. Because to some people, to no fault of the business, now, whether or not they have a sign on their front door may be seen as a political statement. And listen, that's not the business's fault. And quite frankly, I don't think that is, <laughs> that's right at all to view that as a political statement, whether or not a business has a sign once this law goes through saying that concealed carry is or isn't welcome on the premise. But like it or not, and I don't, there is a group of people that's going to see that one way or the other as some sort of political statement. And now we're putting the burden on businesses to, you know, somebody is going to walk in there saying, why don't you have this? Or why do you have this? And I don't think that's right to be putting anyone in that type of situation. Now, at the end of the day, the fault is on that person who would go into a business and start raising hell over whether or not that's a sign. That's not right in either way. But you do have to have a little bit of foresight into that issue that I, that is going to happen at some point. Which is not to say that all of these proposals being considered by the state are bad. Listen to this. 25% of gun crimes are committed with stolen guns. Where can they steal them out of? They can steal them out of your vehicle. So we're adding a a vehicle requirement to our safe storage laws. Uh, From where I'm sitting right now, that sounds like common sense gun control. You want to crack down on stolen guns. How 
you know, where are guns stolen? Out of cars. Smash and grab. If you're going to have a weapon in a car, it needs to be stored more safely. How does that work exactly? I'm not sure. But that's something that sounds like a good idea. Instead of what the governor did yesterday in admitting criminals don't know boundaries. And oh, by the way, here are some new boundaries for criminals to ignore, I guess. But, you know, just because one you may disagree with doesn't mean you have to disagree with all of them to kind of show that. Uh, Let's go to uh, Kathy in South Buffalo. Kathy, you're on WBEN. Thanks for waiting. Uh, What do you think about some of these new measures that the state is going to pass? The inmates are running the asylum. Everyone that if everyone had the possibility of carrying a gun, think of it as the old West. Nobody's going to walk into a, a restaurant, into a bar, into a school, knowing that the teachers, the staff, the bartender, the waitresses may be armed. You don't shoot at somebody that has a gun. These cowards don't do that. They pick on people where no guns allowed, like that show. They're going to continue to do what they're doing. They, they, our laws keeping prisoners in prison are... They put up a paper fence, basically, around the prisons because they let them all out. They put them in jail. The police do their job. They arrest them. The courts, they go to court. Then they go to jail. And then these morons say, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. Let's let him out. Diane, or excuse me, Kathy. Sorry about that. I would be willing to wager that most people across New York State don't want that to happen. They don't want to go into an area and feel safe only because every single person has a gun. And I've said it before, I'm not a gun owner. You know why? Because that's, I, I would rather not. And if I ever felt living here or anywhere that I was in such dire danger that I needed to have a weapon at my hip or even in my house to be prepared to shoot somebody at a moment's notice, I'd rather just move. But that's just me. Uh, I mentioned Diane. Let's go to Diane in Buffalo. Um, we're talking about a whole number of different topics here because uh, there was a lot discussed this morning. Diane, I know you had comment on the 33 project. Yes. Uh, what are you thinking? Biden wants to get rid of all our gasoline engines and, you know, turn us into electric cars. Now, then we don't have to do anything about the 33 because we'll have electric cars. We won't pollute the air. So this is like to me a waste of money, and um, and especially for a small section like that, because we have um, expressways all over, throughways that are um, polluting. I mean, you can't cover everything. If they want to get rid of the 33, just close it up and drive down Genesee Street, you know, from the airport downtown. You know, why have to take you know the 33 if if it bothers. You know, because it's a waste of money. Um, close it up, put tunnels. I wouldn't drive in a tunnel like that. Diane, I'm just kind of thinking here as you're talking. Uh, what if I told you, okay, um, we're not going to cover the 33, but instead we're going to cover the 190 along Niagara Street, make that into a green space. It's going to be a whole tunnel underneath and then above 
people can enjoy the waterfront. Would that be a waste of money? I'm yeah, it's a waste of money. This is a to- that um, subway they got downtown is a waste of money because once they built that, nobody went downtown anymore because you could drive downtown and park on Main Street and you know and it you know they they predict that this is going to happen and that's going to happen and usually it turns into something negative. It doesn't really turn into anything positive. They ruined downtown by putting in, you know, that trolley car. Hey, Diane, thank you. Um, I, th- there's a lot of mistakes. I, and there is, you know, to your last point, listen, just because I don't think it's going to have a, you know, huge impact, a, you know, transformational sway on things doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. I mean, you might have said that about cars on Main Street. That That is a great project. As you mentioned, I, I, and that's one that's fixing something in the past that was a terrible idea, right? They took all the traffic off Main Street. They put this subway on that, you know, I mean, come on. Not, the ridership is not what we would hope it would be. So how do you fix it? Well, let's find a way to reconstruct this whole place, put cars back on Main Street. And it's great. And what are you seeing right now? There's more business on Main Street than there ever has been in my lifetime. Main Street's, I don't know, hopping? Is it? I don't, I don't know if I go that far. But I'm down there, and there's places to go. And I'm down there way more frequently than I ever uh, would have before. And I think that's in large part due to that project. So, I mean, it's... You can't say that they're all worth doing, that, oh, this mistake is made, the mistake's the mistake, you got to leave it as is. It's worth trying to fix. I guess uh, my biggest problem is don't, it's what they always tell you, right, as you're going into a job, you want to under-promise, over-deliver, right? You don't set, you know, super high expectations, and then even if you have a good product in the end, it doesn't meet it. Under-promise, over-deliver. And that's always lost on these projects. It's always promise the world, and then it's hard to tell if it has a good impact because it just can't live up to the promise. Uh, let's go uh, one more call before we have to head out. Marcella in Williamsville on the border. The other thing we were talking about this morning, uh, what's going on in your mind? Hi, good morning. My name is Marcella. I'm calling about the, the border mandates. I've been an advocate in all of this for the past two years. Um, I'm attempting to represent, hopefully, a lawsuit to the Biden administration and or the DHS regarding the continued ban on foreign nationals not being allowed into the U.S. unless they provide some proof of vaccination. Marcella, uh, just because we're quick on time, let me ask you the question. If the U.S. said right now, all right, we're doing away with the vaccine requirement, Canadians, you can come over, you don't have to show that vaccine requirement, do you think Canada would then respond in kind with lifting their requirement too? Um, I don't know if they would do it essentially immediately, just because of the poor announcement that they did today or yesterday on how they're going to continue the arrive can until September sometime. You know, the bordering mayors in Niagara Falls and bordering town communities, the tourist industries are begging the federal government on the Canadian side to drop this arrive can. Americans don't feel comfortable uploading a vaccine card 
to go to a winery in Canada or to go see the falls in the Canadian side or to go to Clifton Hill or, you know, to go to the strip club or to go to a nice restaurant. You know, that's not in our DNA of Americans wanting to upload vaccination status. So- Understood. Hey, sorry, we're up against it, Marcella. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. We hit it all today. The 33 guns, the border, and hot dogs in 40 minutes. Where else can you get that? David Bellavia is up next on WBEM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 